Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Chase Parm, and a little different show for you today. It is Masters Week, so we're gonna we're gonna take one day, probably the one week out of the year where you can take a day, focus on golf, focus on the Masters. A lot of people following it, even if they are not necessarily golf fans that are going with it week to week. The Masters kind of uh, is a spot on the calendar for a lot of uh, sports fans, even beyond the uh, the average golf fan. So that's what we're gonna do today. If you're not into that, then I apologize. We do a lot of podcasts all the, through the year. We'll be back in the morning, Neil and I, on Thursday morning. We will uh, we'll recap Ole Miss and Southern Miss. We'll talk about that. We'll go into the weekend. Football, all the stuff you uh, have come to know and love with our podcast. Just one day here, a little bit of a hiatus. Instead of Neil today joining me, a, a good friend of mine, somebody who, who previewed the Masters with me a year ago during this week, Ty Lashisky, former co-worker of mine, uh, at uh, at ESPN as well as um, the day with Mississippian and went to Ole Miss. He's a uh, he's a Michigander back in Michigan, and he uh, he operates a golf podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. He is a uh, he's a pretty big golf expert. So Ty and I will break down the Masters. We'll talk some golf here on today's show. So again, one day hiatus. Give me uh, cut me a little slack today if you're not into that. I apologize. Be back on Thursday morning. But uh, for those who do, let's uh, let's talk a little Tiger Woods. Let's talk a little golf today. We'll get to tie in a second. Before we do that, I'll tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. You know about the uh, ten dollars we're trying to give you thousand bonus points just by downloading the Exxon mobile app, taking a picture of the QR code right there at the pump, and they'll take care of you. It's a thousand points, ten dollars with the Oxford Exxon all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. Also, lunch specials five sixty nine. Two sides of bread, 32-ounce drink. If you're coming to town this weekend for Ole Miss and Alabama, stop in, convenience store, gas, fill up, get on your way with Blue Sky here in Oxford. Maybe you're coming in driving a Clark Ford, Clark Ford Studio, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900, Highway 25 South. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy, and he will take care of you. Give him a call, get a quote within 15 minutes during business hours, and let Corey start you on your next car buying process there with Clark Ford and Amory. And then uh, you can say Ty joins me on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters in New Albany and Oxford on the Square here soon. Rafters on the water back reopen as well. So uh, here locally, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Again, Ole Miss and Alabama, a lot of games, SEC, baseball, and uh, and much more. Even though basketball's over, still plenty of things to head on over. Check out their uh, their food, their drink menus. Sports on the TV, all that stuff. Raptors again on the square here in uh, in Oxford. So uh, let's get to it. Again, Tyler Shusky jumping on with me. We're going to talk golf for a little while on today's show here on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline and the Oxford Exxon Podcast. The Masters begins on Thursday. Masters preview here on the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Just like last season, 
Good friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, Ty Alashewski, joining me. He's got a golf podcast, Right Click Print Money. He's an expert really on the European tour as well, so we might hit a little European tour. Or I guess that's not the name anymore, but whatever. Uh, as well as the uh, the PGA Tour, obviously the Masters this week. Even if you don't like golf, you watch the Masters. You've got Tiger Woods probably playing in a tournament here starting on uh, on Thursday. So the one time a year we really can get away with this, talk a good bit of golf, is especially with it back in its uh, its normal time slot in the spring. It's kind of the the start of spring. It's the it's the rebirth a little bit here. So Ty, you're uh, you're down in Florida. You're on vacation. Thanks for taking a little time with us while you're uh, you're on a break. Yeah. Hey, great to be with you again, Chase. Had a blast doing it last year, talking a little bit of Masters preview with you. Uh, I am down in Seaside, uh, one of my favorite places on earth. I'm sure a lot of a lot of folks listening are very familiar with the Florida Panhandle and all those little beaches around there, but we've been coming down for pretty much my whole life, about 35 years now, so enjoying a little bit of sunshine and uh, and the welcome of Masters Week, too. Yeah, you know, you're from Ann Arbor, Michigan. What made Seaside the place? I mean, why, why, why there? I mean, you've got a you've got a crazy story. We're not going to rehash here, but like just in general, why is that the vacation spot? Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. My parents actually, um, so they really no tangible connections uh, to the South, other than the fact my dad went to school in North Carolina, played football at Wake Forest. But since then, uh, since they they met and got married, they actually honeymooned down at Sea Island, Georgia. So they got a little bit of taste for it there, and then they started coming to the Panhandle really about 1976, uh, coming down to Destin just because uh, my dad had a couple buddies at work. He was working in Atlanta at the time for General Motors, and so they kind of introduced him to the panhandle he fell in love with the idea of this you know redneck riviera as, as as some people refer to it and he knows it now so they they just fell in love with the sugar white sand the teal blue water wound up buying a place uh, in destin we had a condo for a number of years and when that got too crowded started migrating down the beach a little bit uh, toward the seaside area and there actually wound up being a contingent of ann arbor families about eight or ten of them when i was in middle school who started coming down with us and i uh, had kind of a few of them had discovered it on their own we all kind of linked up, made it an annual tradition. So yeah, we've been big Florida Panhandle people for a long time and Seaside for probably the last 25, 30 years or so. So we'll do a little quick rehash here for people who are not necessarily in, into golf, they're watching because of Tiger, or they want to get in their betting pools at work and this kind of thing for the Masters. You know, we always, for years, they talked about, hey, Augusta's gotten longer. They're Tiger-proof in the course, which actually only made it better for Tiger, not everybody else. It didn't actually <laughs> Tiger-proof the course. But, you know, it's it, it's ball strikers. It's the undulation. It's the ability to putt. It's knowing the place. At the end of the day, what does matter? What What is the profile of the thing, in your opinion, that matters the most when somebody is playing here? Sure. So if I'm if I'm looking at three things really that matter the most at Master at the Masters and at Augusta National, I'm starting with experience. And it's not necessarily a prerequisite that you have to have played the Masters 10, 12, 15 times to be able to contend because actually three of the last 10 uh, April champions of the Masters won on their second appearance, but it does help. I mean, our last two winners, Hideki Matsuyama uh, last year and then DJ in uh, the one in the fall in uh, November 2020 of the Masters, both won on their 10th trip to Augusta. And so there's certainly something to be said about knowing your way around this course. Um, there's a lot of nuance to Augusta National, as you mentioned, with, uh, with some of the undulation, the green complexes are really difficult. And so you got to know where to miss shots. Um, really, really important. Jeff Knox, uh, who, by the way, may have the greatest title in all of golf is Masters Marker. Uh, he had a pretty famous uh, uh, line to Paul Casey a couple of years ago when they were playing the practice round. And he said, I've just started aiming left of the flag on six because I was tired of going right at it, missing and having it ricochet into the bunker. And it's just, it's little pieces of knowledge 
knowledge like that, that you're going to only pick up by, by having a lot of that experience. So certainly I want to, I, I want to look at players who've had a few trips around the course. And then for me, distance always, as you mentioned, they've lengthened the course this year, um, maybe somewhat mitigated because a lot of the rain that's supposed to come both today and tomorrow at Augusta, that's really going to soften the course up. Uh, but in general, distance helps. Bombers have a big advantage because even if you're missing the fairways at Augusta, the rough is not overly penal. You can make uh, par from the pine straw. And so you got a lot of uh, opportunity to have good angles if you've got distance, even if you are a bit wayward. And then third piece of it for me is strokes gained approach. Augusta is a second shot golf course, uh, strong iron and wedge play absolutely paramount here. You got to put the ball on the correct tier to avoid uh, three putts. The green size is actually about tour average, but very steeply contoured. And again, let's see what happens with the rain the next couple of days, but, but in a normal masters, the greens are running firm and fast can be as fast as 14 on the stint meter. So very important to leave the ball behind, uh, excuse me, below the hole. And so again, those, those irons player stroke gained approach. So those are, those are really my three experience distance uh, strokes gained approach. I'm going to bounce all over the place because people can just get kind of get used to it for the most part, but you mentioned the experience thing and this, this clicked in my mind while you were talking how do we factor in Ted Scott being on Scotty Shuffler's back? Because the new number one in the world, he obviously hasn't played there a ton, but is there a, an experience advantage from Ted Scott that potentially translates for Shuffler? Because, I mean, his, his odds are really good, and we're not going to go down necessarily all the odds right now. We'll kind of go through this. He's plus 1,600. He's the fifth highest odds guy right now um, on the sheet, at least I have in front of me. He hasn't been here a ton, but having Scott, who's won this event twice, what does that mean for Scotty Shuffler? I think it's absolutely huge for Scotty Scheffler. And I mean, I think we've seen it the last couple of weeks just in general, not even necessarily at Augusta, but some of that maybe calming presence that Ted Scott has brought to Scotty's game, that different perspective. As you mentioned, he has been around the block a lot, longtime caddy, of course, for Bubba Watson, ton of success at Augusta. I mean, Bubba is one of those players who there are, you know, true Bubba courses out there and Augusta's one of them. And so Ted Scott getting a firsthand look at the way that somebody like Bubba manages that course, I think is going to be huge for Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler. Um, he, as you mentioned, he's only played it twice. He's got two top twenties in his two appearances. He's playing obviously as well as anyone in the world right now. He recently ascended to world number one. I'm a little bit worried that the bounce is coming for Scotty Scheffler because he's just been so high with those three wins in the last you know, two months or so after not having any. And, and I think Augusta may get him. This may be the week he bounces. But to your point, I think that having Ted Scott on that bag is, is only going to be a help for him this week. So I'm going to get it out of the way now. Uh, Tiger Woods says on, I guess, Tuesday that he is going to play. I think it was Tuesday. It was it was yesterday, or at least he was going to play as of Tuesday, I guess. And, again, this is coming out on uh, on Wednesday morning, so whatever it is, it is at that point. But, you know, I, I, I told Neil in our normal show yesterday, I said I – I mean, I guess you can say grew up with Tiger. I mean, I was 14 years old when he, he won his first Masters in 1997. You're a little younger than me, but pretty close. Yep. And – just getting him back out here, I don't really care how he does. Really just hit a shot. I mean, I feel like we're in – we've been here for a while. I mean, 2019 gave us the, the magic moment. But the wreck, the watching the fatherhood, watching the way his his character has unfolded into so much a different person than maybe 10 years ago or especially during his prime – I feel like in some ways we don't know when the leg's going to go. We don't know when the back's going to go. We know that it's probably close we're sort of getting the encore to some great concert right now. We're getting that one last potential chance. Maybe not. Maybe he plays 10 more. But I feel like every time he tees it up, it's, hey, we really need to take this in because we're seeing 
maybe the best player ever. We're definitely seeing the best generator of interest ever in the game of golf. There's something almost kind of sentimental to him finding a way to play this game starting Sunday, starting Thursday. There really is. And listen, golf is better when Tiger Woods is playing. We haven't seen him in competitive rounds in 17, 18 months, other than the father-son tournament with Charlie back in December at the PNC. But again, more of a hit and giggle than anything. Tough to really, really judge how he is. And I say that to say, you know, listen, if there's one golfer who can show up not having played a competitive round in 17, 18 months and still be competitive at a place like Augusta, it's Tiger. But it's exactly what you mentioned. It's everything that comes with Tiger playing. The crowds are going to be bigger, specifically those that are following Tiger. There's more chatter. I mean, John. The Ron Monday probably, practice round looked like a Sunday final round around. Here. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably some bigger crowds than some Sunday final rounds at Augusta, depending on you know who the player was in, in the final group. I think John Rom said it best. He said, "Listen, Tiger Woods is." Gonna going to show up at Augusta. And if he plays, you know, a couple days, three days with a practice round and everything misses the cut, something like that, he's still going to win the pip this year based on these three days at Augusta, because there's so much hype around his return. And people are so excited to see Tiger, to see him at Augusta. And you mentioned 2019, you know, one of the greatest moments in all of sports history when Tiger was able, able to pull that off. And I, and I want to be clear, like there was, there's a big distinction between 2019 and now, right? Like he was very much an informed golfer. Then. He was a top he, 10 player in the world at that moment. Absolutely. And we still had questions, you know, is he going to win another major despite, you know, him being an informed golfer and everything. But, but the fact was like, he, he was, as you mentioned, a top 10 player in the world. He was playing very well that year. This is a whole different animal. I'm not going to be the one to go out on a limb and discount tiger. I'm probably not going to have him on any betting cards this week, but I'm not going to go crazy and, you know, pick him to miss the cut or anything of that nature. Um, but it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's remarkable to what he's done and just having him back out here and that, that excitement and that enthusiasm. Again, this is a whole different task this year. Be happy that he's here. Be happy that he's going to give it a shot. We'll see how that knee holds up. Augusta is one of the most difficult walks in all of golf because of the undulation, the elevation change, just getting out there and being able to do it 17, 18 months after the wreck is something. He's wearing a foot, Joey. He's not wearing Nikes. He's got a noticeable limp in his right foot, as, as, as he would, obviously, coming what he when he came through. What do you think the conversation was with the Nike exec when he said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear a foot, Joey, by the way, because it's, it's, it's a little <laughs> wider and a little more comfortable out on the course. I mean, he, at some point, he's got a lot of capital. They couldn't really tell Tiger no, could they? Right. Well, so in my mind, that conversation goes one of two ways. The executive kind of, you know, slams their hands down the table, stands up and just goes off or just sits there quietly and kind of nods <laughs> and says, okay. And you just got to take that one because that's what Tiger just told you. <laughs> yeah, because at some point you don't have time to make a shoe just like that. So it just right. is what it is. And, it, exactly. and it's the way that's going to go. But it's all, you know, a lot of the like the really gearheads in golf have been talking about it all week. So he's wearing that Foot Joy Premier and he's got this yeah. almost kind of dad shoe on a little bit when he's out on the course, uh, when, 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 he, when he's out there. So it's uh, it, it's interesting. I will say this. If I had to give you even odds, you now look, it's the easiest from a number standpoint, it's the easiest cut in golf to make. Um, mm-hmm. There's only 90 players, give or take. Top 50 in ties make the cut. Um, does he make the cut this week? Man, you're putting me in a tough spot because I just said I don't want to be the one to go out on a limb and pick Tiger not to make the cut <laughs> because betting against Tiger at Augusta is is more often than not a losing proposition. 
I will say it's going to be a monumental task for him to make the cut this week, even in a field like Augusta. And, and, and they've, they've changed the, the parameters of the cut here in the last uh, several years or so. It's no longer any player within 10 shots of the lead, which used to kind of extend that field a little bit. So it's a little bit more difficult to make the cut. But as you mentioned, you know, based on the percentage of the field that makes it one of the easier cuts in golf it's still going to be tough for all the reasons I just mentioned, how difficult that walk is. The fact we hadn't seen him in 17, 18 months. And again, if there's one golfer who can show up without a competitive round in that time frame and, and make the cut, it's tiger. I, I think we just need to appreciate the monumental task in front of him just to make it to the weekend. Yeah. It's definitely a task to do that. I guess here's the question. And I get, he had to say it. He wasn't, he, tiger's never impressed. I'm going to go, no, 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 have no shot. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Did he show up? What we we don't know, but I mean, it makes for podcast fodder. What do you feel like his expectation was when he showed up? Because Tiger's not, I mean, he's he's not at that necessarily that ceremonial part of his career where, hey, I'm going to go wave to the fans and I'm going to hit the tee shot or whatever. He has to at least believe he's his body can hold up enough to walk these rounds if he makes the cut, get through a respectable finish, whatever his version of competing is, because not really a worry. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's here no matter what. But if you told me he did everything he could do to make the cut and then his body kind of gave out on Saturday and he goes and shoots 79 on Saturday, I wouldn't be blown away by that. I, I just kind of wonder in my head what his expectation is. I think the Tiger is a very proud person, a very proud golfer. And I don't think we would see him going through all the trouble of what this week has likely been with the attention, with just the physical you know, constraints on his body. If he didn't believe he could compete, I, I think, I think in his mind, he believes he is playing well enough right now. And again, we hadn't seen anything to know one way or another. Only tiger knows that in a very select few and is in our circle. But I think that in his mind, he's playing well enough right now to make the cut. Does he really believe that he can win the masters at Augusta in 2022? You know what? He probably does. Cause he's tiger woods and he's that competitive and he's that good. But if he's being realistic with himself and he's having that, that conversation from a place of understanding what this is going to look like. I think making the cut is a, is a significant uh, achievement this weekend for him. One aside completely away from the masters. When do we see Phil Mickelson again? Man, that's the million dollar question right now. And as you know, the PGA tour is very shady from the standpoint of not announcing suspensions. So is he suspended? I think probably so. (laughs) I think that's probably a safe and fair bet. He's just Um, as suspended as Dustin Johnson was suspended. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, so it's a great question. You know, we, we talked about this on our podcast several weeks ago. You can't, you can't say the things that Phil Mickelson said and expect that to turn off, turn out well. Uh, I don't care if it's, it's in public, it's in private. You can't, can't have those thoughts, say those things and expect it's going to be anything but a disaster for you. And so I really think, you know, it's going to be a couple months if I'm, if I'm putting a timeline on when I think we're going to see Phil in a competitive round of golf associated with the PGA tour again. And I'll tell you what I think he lost in all of this. And what is probably the most devastating to him, he probably lost any shot at being the U S Ryder cup captain at Beth page. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Something and, that was a shoe in and guaranteed. Well, I mean, 
everything was set up for it. Him being a vice captain this year, you know, it's going to be in, you know, again, New York state that just absolutely adores Phil a site of a few of those U S open, uh, you know, escapades. It, it just couldn't have been more storybook ending for him to take that in 2023. And I, and I think he's lost that. I think actually where it may turn from here because of everything that's happened to Phil, you may see tiger as the captain at, uh, at Beth page. And he's been very adamant that, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to debut as a Ryder cup captain on U S soil. He'd prefer to do it over in Europe, but I don't know. I mean, you've got several options. I don't know that there's a better option than Tiger for 2023. Now that we've we've probably taken Phil out of that equation. Oh, now and and Beth Page is 2025. So I'm sorry, 2025, 2025. Yes. Yeah, they're in Rome in 23. Uh, 23. Ireland uh, in and then back at Hazeltine in 29. Yes, yes, that's right. I'm sorry, I was saying 2023, 2025. Back at Beth Page. Yeah. No, it was it was it was a guarantee. It was right there. Just totally. Do you think he defends his PGA? I think he defends his PGA. Um, we'll probably see him before. Eh, well, I say that. Gosh, I think we. I think we probably see him one time before the PGA. I don't think he shows up to defend as his first time back on tour. So I said a couple months. Maybe it's more like a couple weeks before we we hear from and see Phil again. But I do think he'll be back to defend to defend the PGA. It's like a break in the show. Tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities. Throughout Lafayette County, also starting to get into areas in Union and Pontotoc County do not currently have internet service. You can give them a call, 662-238-3159. They got the 100 Mbps, the Ignite, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Phone service available, parental controls, and much more. So, again, that's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. If you love eating shrimp, don't particularly like choosing the right option at the store or cooking at home, you're not alone. Most frozen shrimp companies at the store is raised and processed 8,000 miles away and subject to poor farming practices. So don't let a bad option ruin dinner for you. Choose New Orleans-based prime shrimp and take pride in the shrimp you eat. That's primeshrimp.com. Four different flavors, including their newest garlic herb butter. It is quick. It is easy. It is restaurant-quality shrimp right there to your door. They ship it to you 10 minutes from freezer to plate. Money-back guarantee and $20 off your first order with code MPW. Podcast also brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Take advantage of uh, the website to find all the places to eat, to go, to stay. Double Decker here just a couple weeks away. So if you haven't taken advantage of that to uh, get your reservations in, to get your plan set for Double Decker coming up here in uh, in late April, do that now. Big weekend, Grove Bowl, Mississippi State Miss Baseball, and Double Decker coming your way here soon. So use it as a resource Stop by if you're just off the square. They can help you out. Visit OxfordMS.com. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One delivery, one pickup at the pharmacy. You'll have everything you need when you need it for the month with G&M. Also located in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs. That's on the square. So whatever you need, Holly Springs or Oxford, your pharmaceutical needs taken care of with your community pharmacy leader. That's G&M. Again, 662-236-2222. And then last but definitely not least, Johnston Hill Creamery, just off Molly Bar in Oxford. 
They are uh, your shop for local uh, cheeses made all in-house. Again, White Oak Lane. Check them out. They've got that. They've got great add-on items. And right now they have plenty of Easter pre-orders as well. Those are going to be picked up April 14th to 16th. You got a grazing box for Easter. You got a dessert box with cheesecake, cream puffs, chocolate covered pretzels, fruit, shortbread cookies, and more. And their carrot cake that really will go fast. That's April 14th to 16th. It feeds 8 to 12. Pre order it, pick it up here soon. Again, go to their Instagram page for all their new de- details every day 662 419 9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. So, we're going to get into odds a little bit. People who want to just throw some numbers down. Um, I know some people just have their pick a winner, though you pick the one person stuff for fantasy this this week. Um, the league I'm in, you get a certain number of world ranking points. And you give you those out amongst uh, among a certain number of uh, of golfers. But let's, let's hit some favorites. Let's do that through a little bit. Yep. John Rom still playing incredibly good golf, plus 1,000 for him. I guess the quick version for that, because we can't stay on everybody forever, we'll be here for hours, is – What's kind of the one reason why, the one reason why not, in your opinion, on John Rom? Where are we kind of following on this? Because, I mean, frankly, he's still playing better than anybody in the world. He absolutely is. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he retakes that, that number one spot in the official world golf rankings this week. Um, big, big question for me is that putter. I mean, is he going to be able to get that back on track? Because that's really what's, what's let him down. I mean, if you look at um, strokes gained approach, he's still – Twelfth uh, this season. I mean, greens and regulation. Uh, he ranks very highly as well. I just, I'm sorry, he actually leads the PGA Tour in greens and regulation this year, and then he's third in driving distance. So a lot of those key metrics I mentioned from the beginning, you know, he checks all the boxes. It's just that putter, and putting is a is a week to week thing on the PGA Tour. Of course, you don't want to get too bogged down in that stat as you're looking at DFS or even making bets. But it is something to note now that it's become a little bit of a trend for him these last few weeks, and I think temperament too. I I, I still believe that Augusta is going to be a tough tournament for John Rahm to win because he tends to run a little hot under the collar, as people know from time to time. And it's a place where you lose your cool. You're going to make big numbers in a hurry. But as you mentioned, you know, still very close up there. World number one, as I mentioned, ticks all the boxes and those key stats. He's, he's, he's going to compete. He's probably not for me at the top of the board, but, uh, but I think he's, he could certainly be for some folks this week. Buy it or sell it on Justin Thomas. You get him right behind it. You get it at 1,400. He's been, maybe from what I've seen and listened to, listened to a good many podcasts this week, watching previews, the most volatile. There's some people that absolutely love him to finally compete here and contend. Some people that absolutely do not. We mentioned Ted Scott. He's got Bones McKay on the bag. So does that help him out? Somebody who's won it, you know, three times with uh, with Phil to this point. <laughs> JT's a guy that I would like to see on Sunday. He's one of the ones I think would make it more fun if he is around. But I do understand the reasons why he has not been able to put it together at Augusta at all to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you you probably hit it the nail on the head right there. He's a very divisive choice this week. You either absolutely love Justin Thomas and you're all in, or you're probably steering clear and not giving a second look to him. Uh, for me, I fall into the former. Um, he is my play at the top of the board. Uh, I've got um, two selections that I made this week in terms of outright masters bets. And I had three anti-post bets from back in the fall where I grabbed a couple big numbers on guys, but Justin Thomas is one of them. I'm going a full four points on a win only at 13 to one, which I was able to grab on one of the, uh, the local books, um, from FanDuel actually. And for me, it with Justin Thomas, 
it's the approach play again. I want strong iron players at Augusta. He's fifth on tour right now in strokes gained approach. He's also great at hitting greens and regulation ranking sixth. Um, he's played Augusta six times. He's made the cut every time, never finished worse than 39th. He's got a best finish of fourth in that, in that fall masters in 2020. I love Justin Thomas at the top of the board, but again, kind of like it with John Rahm, I get that he's not for some people because of a little bit of that volatility. It goes to 1600 next with kind of what's funny. You got Dustin Johnson who's been around forever. Cam Smith, the, the, the up and comer that's really burst onto the scene over the last year for people who are just sort of following it casually and just starting to learn about Cam Smith a little bit. He's been around for a while. Uh, people, he's, he's been a trendy pick to get popular for a while now <laughs> yes. with, with Cam Smith. Uh, I will say this about DJ. I was so happy in a way that nothing against him, that he lost that semifinal with the match play because you couldn't have found a more disinterested person than Dustin Johnson <laughs> playing a consolation match in a golf tournament. Absolutely. I mean, did not care at all. I mean, that You could just see on his face, his body language, everything, completely uninvested in that third-place match. <laughs> DJ wins the Fall Masters. Uh, it's, it, it, it has an asterisk. It's not even necessarily because it doesn't count or the whatever, but it just doesn't play the same. It's not the April Masters. It, it's not really relevant to what we're talking about here. His form's okay. It's not great yeah. right now by any stretch of the imagination. He's, he's put all right. He was good in the match play, obviously. If he wins this week or if he's really in it, I'll be a little surprised. They would actually be one of the ones where I go, hey, that's not where I would put anything toward this week. Yep, I agree. I'm, I'm kind of steering clear of DJ at the top of the board. I was really encouraged by what I saw in Austin. Uh, again, another guy who was looking for that put, uh, putter to kind of catch fire. And I think we saw some glimpses of that, particularly in the uh, the quarterfinal match. I think it was in a semifinal uh, match as well. No, I'm sorry, the quarterfinals. Uh, and then the semifinal was kind of the runaway with, with Scheffler. Um, but yeah, I'm steering clear. As you mentioned, he won in, in November of 2020. The one in November, as it's known, 40 tournament records fell that week. 14 of them were tied. Two of the most prestigious to fall were DJ was the first to break 270, finished at 20 under 268, which is just a, a stupid score for the Masters, and we're never going to see that again. Um, but yeah, he's one that I'm avoiding. You mentioned Cam Smith. I like Cam a lot. He is one of the anti-post bets that I grabbed back on September 15th at 50 to 1, and so I love the value there, obviously. He's, again, a, a guy who's got three top five finishes in the Masters. He's, his iron play is fantastic. He's got one of the best putters on tour coming off the big win at the players. So I think there's some interesting names in that group. Uh, I, I mentioned Scotty Scheffler. I'm probably staying away just because of the potential bounce that's coming. Colin Morikawa, great iron player. Again, another name at the top of the board, but somebody that I just don't trust with the putter at a place like Augusta. I don't know what's going on with Rory. Like I get it that when yeah, you hold up, up on Rory, because I, I got a question right. second on that, but on Morikawa, <laughs> I've got him plus 2000 right here. And I get it, the putter, the putter, the putter. I understand that. But, look, you've got to be hot with the putter to win golf tournaments anyway. Like, everybody in the world, including anybody, has to be good with the putter to win a golf tournament. We're getting plus 2,000 on probably the best ball striker in the world? Yes. I don't hate that number at all. <laughs> so, I mean, you, so you're, you're in on Morikawa at, at plus I don't 2000. know that I'm in. I'm just I'm stepping back, and I'm trying to be logical, and I'm going, he's the best iron player in the world at a second-shot yep. golf course. 
Shouldn't yep. we at least throw some nuggies on that somewhere? I mean, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And he's a guy who's done it before, right? Not, not necessarily at Augusta. I think his best finish is maybe uh, right around the top 20. It was 18th last year uh, in 2021, but he's a, he's a two-time major champion already at 25 years old. He's won the open championship. He won the, uh, the PGA at Harding park. So he certainly knows how to compete on the big stage. And you're right. He's probably one of the best, you know, three or four ball strikers in the world, maybe the best long iron player on tour right now and that plays at Augusta as I mentioned earlier if you're hitting greens and regulation and you're dialed in with those irons to where you're able to put that ball below the hole listen you can you can catch a mediocre putter for the week if you're if you're leaving yourself the right proximity to the hole and you can you can roll in enough of those to be competitive if you're scoring on the par fives and just playing to level par on the par fours so yeah I'm with you if I'm if you're if you're twisting my arm in the 20s I'm probably actually leaning Brooks Kepka over Colin Morikawa at a similar number but I wouldn't talk you out of Morikawa at that number because here's the deal I think you're I mean you are right I'm not arguing at all because the, the the statistics pointed out but while, yes, you've got to be a great putter at Augusta, you you have to hit the ball to the right level. Yes. That's actually the big – nobody's making the putt from across the green and up and down the, through the clown's mouth. The goal is to actually hit the shot close to the hole on the right level. That, that's The distance control into the green is the thing there. And, and I think I have my ultimate answer here because you just mentioned Brooks Kapka, who's <laughs> – he is what he is right now. I don't really know what sure. he would do his game. But if I gave you the trio – Spieth, Rory, and Kepka. You would pick Kepka to win that. It's Kepka for me, just because I have so. And, and listen, I love how Kepka's playing right now. Again, he's another player like DJ that I was very encouraged by the match play. We know how Brooks rises the occasion in major tournaments, but more than anything, out of that trio, I have more questions about Spieth and Rory than I do about Kepka right now. And as I started to say there on Rory, like I get it, right? Like the the week before the Masters, you miss a cut. That's not the end of the world. Players of his caliber, if they're showing up the week before the Masters in Texas, it's likely to work on something specific in their game. And I'm not saying anybody's not trying to win a golf tournament. They all are. But in Rory's case, he, he showed up last week with eyes on Augusta and had a very specific plan in mind. Didn't go according to plan. He missed the cut. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Get a few extra days. And Spieth, much the same. I mean, if you look at his golf swing, there was a, there was a couple uh, kind of wild videos the last couple of weeks on Twitter. One of them in particular, where he's standing next to Matt Wolf on the range and hitting some shots. And you, you typically think, you know, Matt Wolf has the funky swing and it almost looked like there was like a gravitational pull from wolf swing over to speed because he was kind of following a similar plane and i just i i, I just don't like what i'm seeing from jordan speed right now so yeah it's kepka for me in that group i get that speed is a an augusta savant even though he's a guy's only won it one time i mean it's, it's kyle tucker's joke i mean kyle, kyle porter's joke but he always seems like he has nine nine titles at this point but he only he only has one but you know back whenever it was when i guess 17 18 when he was really struggling he had fallen to wherever he had fallen his strokes gained right now, I saw this on Twitter a couple of days ago, is basically at that point in a rolling 50 rounds average. It, wow. It's all the way back as bad as it was in 17 or 18. And that was the time, you mentioned this about a golf swing. This is actually true. I know somebody who had been around him practicing and he was almost doing some 10 cup type stuff. Like he was wearing like, like it was, it was bad. Like it was all deep <laughs> at that point back in 17 and 18. So no, he's a sell this week. If you told me, I mean, if it's Spieth or Rory, Rory's the one that does figure it out and competes. Although you look at it, yep. I know he's had the big final rounds where he's gone into the final rounds in contention. His finishes haven't been very good, though. He's had those terrible mm -hmm. Sundays. I mean, he's really never, when I say competed, I mean at the end of 72 holes, been in this golf tournament to win it. 
Um, and he was flying wedges everywhere last week at the Valero. I mean, his, his wedge game's always been the problem. He can't hit them close enough. That still remains the case. He is not taking that jump at this point of his career like DJ did when he took his jump and those different guys with the wedges that hit the ball a long way. So I sentimentally, I'm for Rory, but I see very little there that would actually make that be the case. I mean, in this in this part of the numbers here at this point, I mean, I've got Rory – him from me. Where do we have him? Oh, we're already at 1800. I mean, that's a sell at that number. I like, I don't necessarily like Cantley to win this golf tournament, but he's at 2000. I like him better. I like Morikawa for damn sure better at 2000. Shoffley at 2200. Even maybe Zalatoris, even though I don't like that either. I mean, I'm going to sell the Shambo at 3500 because he's so not healthy. But in that 2000, the only guy that I like less than Spieth is probably Victor Hovland because he can't chip at all. And at this yeah. course around the greens, you're done. Oh my gosh. There, there are some brutal shaved runoffs at Augusta and you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's, it's always important to hit greens and regulation on the PGA tour. Right. But maybe more so at Augusta than anywhere else, because it's going to be hard to get up and down from a lot of those shaved runoffs and scramble around there. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We've seen Victor Hoblin's chipping and he's admitted it, right. That's a, ga- a, p- a part of his game that he's worked hard on. He's made some improvements, but kind of similar to speed. You look back the last three, four, five, six, seven weeks, you're seeing those same, you know, he's, I think he, last time I looked, he was somewhere around like 170th on the PGA tour and strokes gained around the grain. And yeah, that's just a recipe for disaster at Augusta. <laughs> so in this next group, if I forgot somebody in that, that you want to talk about, yep. feel free, but in this next group, we've got some interesting odds. You've got Sam Burns at 3,500. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are on Shane Lowry around 3,500. Matt Fitzpatrick has played really well of late over the last, mm-hmm. however long he's at 4,000. I don't think Matsuyama is going to repeat, but he's at 4,000. Corey Connors at 4,000. Tyrrell Hatton, Daniel Berger, all the way kind of down the list. Is there any couple things, maybe even not necessarily as a win, but the top 10, the top five, the number in that range, who do you sort of like to at least be around on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, I, I Well, let me start with Sam Burns. I'm going to fade Sam Burns. And as crazy as this is to think, this is actually his master's debut. Uh, he's a player, you know, who's won, obviously, uh, a couple times on tours, done it already this year in the fall. Um, but first time playing at Augusta. And again, that's just an easy, easy pass for me. Um, if I have to, if I'm looking to split hairs in that group, I like Shane Lowry, probably the best out of that group. His, his wedges have been really dialed lately. His long irons have been very good. He's 11th on tour and strokes gained approach. So he makes a lot of sense to me in that range. I like Matt Fitzpatrick because he's a great putter, which again, it's tough to, to really lean into that stat week to week on the PGA tour. But if you're going to look to a couple guys at the top of the board, a Matt Fitzpatrick, a Cam Smith, or are some of the ones that really stick out in that stat. And he plays tough courses as well, which Augusta certainly is. Joaquin Neiman, I'll throw one more name in that mix. I love his ball striking numbers, uh, his approach. He got over the hump, got the big victory a couple weeks ago at Genesis. Um, I think, you know, I think he's really interesting. Corey Connors, again, one of them, another one that I'm looking at is a potential bounce candidate. He's had a couple really solid weeks, actually bounced a little bit last week uh, coming off the match play and probably didn't have the tournament that he was looking for out in Texas. Great ball striker, always, always a key at Augusta. But again, his putter is just, <laughs> I mean, if he, if he, he, he needs that putter to, 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 to be able to compete in a tournament like Augusta, I think I'm just not confident enough in it. So of, of the, the group, yeah, I kind of agree with you there. You've got um, going down a little bit. What is keeping, I mean, a guy that we've joked about on the podcast because of the, the web.com program with him that day, you know, Sanjay M, Mark Leishman at plus 5,000, Finau at 5,000, uh, you know, 
really good odds on Russell Henley at 5,000. He's had a lot of success at the Masters over the time. If you yep. give me sort of those two groups, uh, and I know that people's got to follow this a little bit, of the 4,000 and the 5,000 guys, I actually like the 5,000 ones better. There's some dudes in that 5,000 range that probably not winning, but I would throw some some dollars on top 10s, top 15s, top 20s, just being around right there. I mean, there's between history and ball striking, that's a pretty good group to be this far down this odds list. It really is. And, you know, I'm going to start with Tony Finau. He's a guy who's looked – you know, lost, if I'm just being brutally honest, the last couple of weeks, his, his last, let me see here, two, four, six, seven finishes on tour read 29th, 35th missed cut 33rd missed cut 28th missed cut. Those aren't numbers that you'd normally look to for somebody coming into Augusta to play, but his record at Augusta national has been sublime. He's played it four times. He's got three top tens, including a top 10 last year. And listen, he's a little lost with the ball striking in the approach game. I get that, but he's a very attractive number to me at that, at that number that you mentioned, the forties, the fifties, there's value there. I think he's a great value in DFS play as well. Sung J M similarly missed the cut last year, but, before that, he was second at the 2020 Masters. Again, very different course. Russell Henley, probably one I'm steering clear of at Augusta. Got a good record. Uh, surprisingly, hasn't played it since uh, 2018, I think it is. Oh, if I'm, really? if I'm saying that right. Yeah, I, yeah. And, uh, and so he's a guy um, who's, but, but, you know, he was 15th uh, last time he played at 11th. He's a great ball striker. Maybe a bit too big of a stage for Russell Henley. Um, I'm just looking at a few other names in that, that range, similar to Tony Finau, Abraham answer is a golfer. I'm interested in this week because of how the course sets up for him. I got an anti-post ticket on him back in December at 66 to one. He's actually stayed close to those numbers in the 50, 60 range, but he's another guy whose game I think should fit Augusta. Um, not particularly long, but of the guys who aren't the big bombers on tour, I think he's one of the ones that really has an opportunity, particularly if, if we get some of that rain, the course plays a little shorter to make some noise this week. So you mentioned at the very opening, I'm going to get back to a couple of different long shots or anything else you have on your card here in a second, but there's been some lengthening. They've t- taken a couple holes. Uh, they, they've added some length, including the 15th, which is one oh, of the yeah. holes in the back nine. And now it goes from 530 to 550, mm-hmm. uh, which given the way that hole is structured, that's a big deal because you're hitting over and you've got to land in a tight area. And if you're going for the green, there's not a lot of miss there, unless you're really belling out right. But for the most part, how will the fan notice these changes? I mean, how are these holes in your opinion impacted by these, by these changes, including they took a lot of trees out on 11 as well. They sure did. I think, I think 11 seeing the trees gone. And then as you mentioned, 15 is probably going to be where it's most noticeable with the added length. I mean, you're going to have a lot of guys on tour who are going to have a second shot in, in that like 250 to 60 range, uh, who are going to go for it with a green sloping away from you surrounded by water and, And so I think we're going to see, we we always see some big numbers at 15. I think we're going to see more this week. And I think that's where the distance is going to be the most evident because you're going to see some of those guys taking that chance. And that's just a, I mean, again, that's a tough, tough ask 250, 260, 270 with a green sloping away and a bunch of water around you. Um, other than that, you know, it's, it's Augusta. It's always been a very long course. They mow the grass against the tee boxes to hold out the run on the balls. And so all that's not going to change. I think we're up to, you may have meant, just mentioned this, I think around 75, 19, 79, 20, 20. Yeah, it went so over long. 75 for the first time in history. Yep. And that's a long golf course. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think, I think probably 15 is going to be the most noticeable place where distance, the added distance comes in. The Oxford Exxon podcast brought to you by our friends at Dead Soxy. It's deadsoxy.com. Go there, enter deadsoxy.com, enter the promo code Rebel Grove. 
At checkout, get 25% off the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. So go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. We're brought to you by Automation and Control Systems, LLC. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff right there in Baldwin, Mississippi. They also have a UL508A panel shop that can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and so much more. To learn more, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. We're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard has been serving the Oxford area for about three-quarters of a century, whether it's engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, or more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Martin Palomo and I posted a Mind on My Money podcast on Thursday that's brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle is based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. Pinnacle will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated is the guy you need to go to to give you the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. Brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the historic square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, and more at 306 South Lamar, just south, south of the square courthouse in Oxford. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors is serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. And you can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Are you on the job hunt? Whether you're seeking an entry-level position or a seasoned, or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. Whether you're in IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, uh, they can help you. Service Specialist's goal is to get to know you, your strengths, and see what you're looking for in your next career move to help you find the right fit. It's free for the candidate. All conversations are kept confidential, so you have nothing to lose by giving them a call. Is your company looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent? Service specialists can help you, too. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. 
You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. Yeah, 11, it's a it's a par four. It went from 505 to 520, I think, was what the change was. But the tree's going down the right side, and I, I get the person who just turns it on for Tiger is not going to understand this part of the show. That's okay. <laughs> but it actually, even with the extra 15 yards, it makes the hole easier because it now does. if you bail out out there, you can still get there. You, you're going to have more of a line. I think it was 15 trees. The shots, I guess Tiger in 2019 had one over there. There's been some different things. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lane. You're okay. You're not having to just get back out and whatever. I think that really changes the start of the back nine right there on 11. I mean, it's 15 yards is nowhere near as big of a deal than having an opening if you decide to go way right and kind of bail. Yeah, I think you're spot on. The one place you can get in trouble off the tee at Augusta is if you are very wayward into the trees. Because as I mentioned kind of at the outset of the show, you can make par from the pine straw. Listen, these are wide fairways. And again, even if you're a little bit off, uh, the rough is not overly penal. Um, but you get around, you get clanking around in those trees, you can make some big numbers out here. And removing those from 11, the sight lines are going to be so much better, for particularly for the longer hitters who are missing. They're not going to have to contend with a lot of those extra trees out there. So I'm with you. I mean, yes, the 15, 20 yards is nothing to, to just shake a hat at and say that doesn't matter. But, but with taking those trees out, I think you're going to see a lot more guys being a lot more comfortable going for it from, from those, those spots. Uh, before we get in your car, a couple different things you can bet in a lot of places on, uh, on groups out for it, uh, Augusta this week. I'll give you a couple just to see what you, uh, you think here. I know he's obviously the huge favorite, but Cam Smith, I really like him in a group with uh, Bryson and um, Paul Casey um, yep. on, on Thursday. Feel good about that one? I really do. Uh, so I, I love that bet specifically because I think you take Bryson out of the mix. I, I, so I think you're, you're getting some value there because if you're, if you're betting on Cam Smith, you're only having to beat Paul Casey. And Casey's playing well. He, his irons are dialed. You know, he's had a couple good weeks here. He's also had some really poor rounds at Augusta. And so I think there's a lot of volatility in that group because of Bryson's health. Again, Paul Casey's history, he's been very good and he's been very bad at Augusta. And I just think Cam Smith is a very consistent golfer. That'd be one of my favorite three balls if I'm looking to play something early am I crazy here because of the tiger thing like I said I'm not I can't bet on tiger all the way through <laughs> liking Ustazen and then gets Neiman and tiger on Thursday I don't think that's a terrible bet either. I mean, he's Louis Wustazen is another guy who just shows up in majors, kind of like Brooks Kepka. Um, it's I, I don't have the stat right in front of me, but the number of times he's finished runner up in a major is stupid. <laughs> it's just crazy, and it's 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 kind of mind numbing uh, when you think about the fact that he's never won in the states because he's had so much success across the globe and and you know playing internationally. Still looking for that first win on on tour, but I think that's you know again I don't I hate. I hate being the guy to go out on the limb and discount Tiger, but I think that's another opportunity where maybe instead of betting a full three ball, you're betting like a two and a half ball because we just don't know with Tiger. There's such an unknown. And Joaquin Neiman's still a young player. I mentioned I really like him because of the ball striking, some of the recent success, but he's another very volatile play. So I think I'm with you again. <laughs> he's the favorite in the group. The odds would not be very good, but Shoffley against Hovland and Spieth feels like a no-brainer to steal some money on Thursday. Yep, I'm, I'm absolutely there with you. Um, and again, mostly because I'm fading Spieth. And uh, I just think 
there's too much unknown for me right now with his game. And so, again, I think you're getting a lot of value just right off the bat, being able to essentially eliminate one of those players. And yeah, I think Xander is another guy who's flying under the radar because he doesn't win a lot of golf tournaments Uh, in the last three years, his only win. And it, it was a big one granted, but his only win was the gold medal at the Olympics. And you go back a little bit farther, you know, he's one of those guys who tends to win in no cut events, things of that nature. So I think he gets overlooked a lot. And I think there's a ton of value on him in the 8k range and DFS. And I love him in that three ball as well. We're, we're very aligned. <laughs> I'll tell you one, and it's one of your guys. I'm dipping over into the into the foreign tour a little bit here. But the one I really like, and look, the value is good to me because I don't think – I think all three guys having potential, having the odds, whatever. From a Thursday standpoint, Matt Fitzpatrick over Kepka and McElroy is one I really like on Thursday. Mm. I'm, I'm big on Kepka this week, but as I mentioned, I really like Matt Fitzpatrick in general at Augusta because of that putter and the way that he plays tough courses. And again, we, I just, I just, I'm not confident in Rory right now. I don't know what the game is going to look like. And I'm, I'm with you. I think you mentioned a little bit ago, you're a little bit sentimental for Rory and kind of wanting to see him do it. I, I am too. I think it would be great to complete the career grand slam. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. He's a gentleman. He's, he's an absolute in, insightful, introspective person when it comes to not only the game of golf but bigger world issues and so i just i would love that for rory I, I, I'm diverging a little bit here, but you know, he's playing in his 14th masters and there's only been three players who have won their first masters at 14 or older, Sergio Garcia, Billy Casper, and the third name is escaping me. But the, the point is it's a very short list. And so Rory maybe run out of the time here. He's got to get going, but I don't know that this is the year. <laughs> again, I think I, I'm with you kind of on that three ball again. Do you think he wins another major period? I don't know. I mean, that that's even even as recently as two years ago. That's just an insane question to ask, right? For a player, but the top five players in the world are so young right now. Yes. It's been such yes. a switch on this thing that I get. He's not as old as DJ or whatnot, but in a lot of ways, given the parity of the top of the thing, because you know, there's 15 players who win the Masters, give or take this this yep. year. He's old. He's kind of past it a little bit compared to a lot of those guys. He is. He is. And, you and know, he's not fixing his flaws. At some point, he either can't, he can't, or he won't. Exactly. And when his driver is not bailing him out, like it hasn't been here for a couple months, I mean, it hadn't been bad, but but he's relied on that club to carry him and bail him out of a lot of places. And when it's not doing that, Rory's got some, some holes in the game, mm-hmm. and he is getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, I'm there with you. I just – you know, I go back to the comments that he made really almost a full two years ago now when he admitted that he was chasing distance because of what Bryson did at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. He was able to go out there and totally bomb and gouge a U.S. Open course into submission, which is something I don't think anybody thought could ever be done. And, and Rory saw that and he was chasing a lot of speed and he was changing his game and it, it changed something in that swing. And I'm not sure that he's ever gotten it back. I mean, I think every week is kind of a, a toying, a tweaking for Rory trying to get back to that place. So to uh, close, we missed anything great, but from the golf portion of this, uh, you want to run over your card a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as I mentioned, I don't have a huge card this week. Um, I made three anti-post plays, three three bets, uh, you know, several months back because for the majors, a lot of the, the big sports books in the U.S. will put out odds as early as, you know, the fall for the upcoming major season. So I grabbed Cam Smith on September 15th at 50 to one. Uh, I just love that number. Um, and I'm, I was trying, we were having this conversation on our podcast too a few weeks ago. I was trying to remember the, the exact uh 
you know, event that, that pushed me to grab that number. And I can't, it, it wasn't a, a finish on tour or anything because we were early in the fall season. He wasn't playing Mississippi uh, down at Sanderson farms, but something told me to just grab 50 to one on Cam Smith. So I'm one of the lucky ones, you know, he's as short as 15, 16 to one now this week. And I got him a, a full 50 to one with five places. And so I get a fifth of the play out if he, a payout of 50 to one, if he finishes top five. So I love that one. Certainly the best value on my card. Uh, Abe Answer was another one I took back in December as an anti-post, 66 to 1. Those numbers haven't changed much, and his current form wouldn't lead you to, to really you know, be, be very enthusiastic about him. But I think stepping back from it and looking at the big picture again, he's a golfer whose game should fit Augusta, even without the massive distance. He does a lot elsewhere with the wedges, with the irons, et cetera. Third anti-post play for me was my long shot. Uh, I grabbed Christian Bezadenhout at 150 to one back in September. You've been riding him for a while. Man, I have. And we were, we were laughing about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He and Aaron Rye have kind of been my two uh, Euro loves uh, for, for some time now. Guys coming over and playing on the PGA Tour who are almost exclusively on the DP World Tour. And I said, damn it. I mean, if one of them doesn't cash at least a place for me, I'm going to have to be off both of them for a while. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been an up and down uh, few months for Christian Bezadeno. He hadn't been bad. He's made eight out of ten cuts this year, which is rock solid on the PGA Tour. He just hasn't contended a lot. But he's another golfer that plays well on tough courses. He's got a great putter. And when it's really on, you know, a lot of the rest of his game can, can certainly be carried by that putter. So those are my three uh, anti-post plays. I did grab two guys this week at current numbers and with expanded places as well. Um, I got Kepka at 20 to one with a full seven places for the one fifth payout. Uh, thought there was some value there again. Love how he played in Austin. Just rises to the occasion in majors and then uh justin thomas he's my headliner uh found the 13 to 1 number uh grabbed that with a full four points no uh no place money for me on him but i'm very confident in that selection at the top of the board uh because of that approach play and some of the things that he's done and the fact that listen he's buddy buddy with tiger and i know that tiger is not gonna give just anybody uh some information that can help him at augusta but if there's one person who probably has gleaned something from tiger and his vast experience it's justin thomas <laughs> yeah justin's pretty sneaky in that standpoint i mean he's been he's been buddying up the tiger and couples for a while now every time there's like a left or a right it's like hey you know what, what are you seeing mm -hmm. what are you hearing let's go play nine see what he's no fool i mean hey charlie's his boy now too i mean he might be picking charlie's brain for all we know <laughs> you know it Kepka or Thomas are either one of those one and done plays for those level of fantasy guys this week, or do you like those guys in other courses where maybe you take some other shot? You know, I think at the Masters, as you mentioned, there's probably a group of like 15 to 20, maybe 25 players that can win it. And I think both of those, those guys are in that conversation. And so for me in a one and done league, that's what I'm looking for. Ultimately it's win equity and who, who I think gives me the best chance to get that big payday in a one and done league. Listen, there's a lot of great courses out there for both of these players the rest of the year, but I, I, I'm very confident in both of them making the weekend, which is going to cash a check in a one and done. And I think they're, they're, you know, as, as, as good a shot as anybody this week to take home the top prize. So just for a couple minutes, uh, baseball season in the middle of the, of the mix here at this point. Um, I don't know exactly how many, but hell, you covered Mike Bianco for a while, four or five <laughs> seasons at least, maybe longer than that. I, I, I don't know. Um, all the way back to, I guess, 2006, maybe your first year of doing that with uh, with Mike. That's exactly right. 22. We had, we, you and I haven't really talked about this, at least not on air. You had the LSU thing over last summer. You've got them sitting at four and five, but kind of a weird season to this point. I know you still follow us to whatever extent. What is sort of your just take on Mike's tenure here sitting in, 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 in year 22? Mm, in year 22, it's a really 
hard one to assess. Um, you step back and you look at the bigger picture and, you know, I think you got to be just proud of what Mike has done for the game of baseball in Oxford, Mississippi. I mean, obviously Ole Miss is an SEC school and we've always been competitive in the sport, you know, had the College World Series appearance back in the 70s, obviously. But I think what he's been able to do in terms of growing the engagement from the fan base, the renovations to the stadium, the totality of his career at Ole Miss is impressive from the impact that he's had on the team and the game again in Oxford, Mississippi and at Ole Miss. I think probably uh, the average Ole Miss fan would tell you he just hasn't won enough at the highest levels. And that's probably exacerbated a little bit by what's been going on down the road, you know, 90 miles away uh, in Starkville, uh, certainly getting that national championship and kind of the way that they've had Ole Miss's number over the years. Um, that probably, that probably, colors it a little more so uh, than maybe is really fair for Mike. But as you know, I'm a big Mike guy. Uh, he's He was really good to me in my career when I was starting out as a young Cub reporter. I uh, was very was very helpful most of the time, uh, aside from that trip uh, to, to Minnesota that we rehashed last year on the podcast. Um, but it's, it's a tough one for me. It's a tough one to evaluate. I'm probably, uh, I'm probably too close to it originally and now too far removed here recently uh, to have the most informed take. Um, but it's a tough one. A tough one is the best way to look at it for me. Tough one to surmise. You know, what's interesting is I kind of wish we had like some sort of back to the future time machine because I don't think, you know, if Mike doesn't come along, I don't think Ole Miss would be so disinterested in baseball in 2022 as, say, Alabama. Like, I don't think they would be Alabama where they just didn't care and all those things. But at the same time, we don't know what Mike and the level of winning has done that has pushed Ole Miss from a money-making machine to a fan attendance to all these different things. Kind of, and I get winning's the point. That's not really what I'm saying. But take looking at sideways, you know, would that have just come on five years later? When in 10 years, would they have done a lot of those same things? I mean, we have an inability because there's no way to know this. We're all just kind of speculating of would Ole Miss have kind of picked their stuff up and done it themselves without Mike or how much of this really has been the, the, the engine that's five that's kind of put them in this place. And I don't know, but in some ways that's the decision because mm-hmm. whether you think, oh, no, you know, Mike gets all the credit, but now that it's built, the sustaining is easier, obviously. The sustaining sure. is winning and it's ingrained and that's all those different things. I mean, it's 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 a mess. I mean, you know, and I think Keith's decision is so much more difficult because that got out with the interview last year. You know, if that just exactly. stays quiet and nobody knows it, that, because that's typically how these things happen. I mean, that's the whole yep. thing is once you put that out there and you know that that went down, I mean, that makes everything so much more complicated. You lose support from – the fan base and, and everything else that it really is. It, it's a, it's a, it, it, it's, it's not a mediating, a, a mitigating factor. It's something that's going to elevate it for sure there. So yeah, just kind of a, kind of curious. It, it feels like ground day, groundhog day a little bit. I feel like every year having the same conversation kind of going, well, is this the year they either get to Omaha or he's out or whatever they're doing. So that's uh yeah, that's kind of that right now with uh, yeah. I think you painted the picture well. It's almost like your classic chicken and egg question, right? <laughs> like, uh, what came first, Bianco or the sustaining? Yeah, it's 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 tough. It, that is, it, it's it's again for me for somebody who was very close to it early on in my career as a student and as a Cub reporter and got to see kind of the early years of Mike and everything getting built up. I probably have a very different take on it than somebody who's maybe a student now or just mm-hmm. a recent graduate and has seen some of the, again, what's been going on at Mississippi state and all the success they've had and kind of Ole Miss being able, unable to get over that hump. Um, tough, tough one to, to really, um, to really do justice to, I think. Yeah. Well, appreciate the, uh, the golf talk today, Ty. Enjoy the rest of the, uh, the vacation down in, uh, in Florida and let's, uh, let's not wait a year do it again next time.
Yeah. Hey, that's a deal, Chase. Thanks again so much for having me on. Always love getting to chat with you. Uh, one of my great friends, of course, uh, from way back when. Fun talking old Miss with you. Love talking golf with you. I know you're a big guy. And hey, good luck at uh, the upcoming member guest you got out uh, out in Texas here the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of wind. I'm a little worried about it. So I better uh, better get at it. Just trying to, uh, at this point, just trying to break triple digits, I think, around this uh, this play. So that's, hey. uh, that's Tyler Shusky. A lot of golf talk here. Uh, everybody enjoy the Masters and we'll uh, have another episode soon. As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.